Hi, this is Launch Left Podcast. I'm your host, Rain Phoenix. Today's very special guest is Jim James of My Morning Jacket, and he'll be launching Jenny O. Don't forget, rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Welcome to the show. I went down the rabbit hole specifically yesterday and just kind of went bouncing around all your records and your stuff with My Morning Jacket, and um, I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I get I get it. I get why the people like Jim James. You have like a very powerful presence in the music world. You have a large band made up of all men and, you know, and a very popular band. How has that been the relationship between you and the other members? Is it hard to be in a band that with that many guys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. It is hard to be in a band. You know, it's like just balancing uh the the relationships between everybody and trying to find the uh peace within yourself uh to be a good communicator i feel like with with our band it's really been communication's been everything because in the in the work i've been trying to do on myself uh in in the therapy that i've been in i've kind of been seeing these times in the past where I wasn't a good communicator and and I would get swept up in life and I would get lost and I would be depressed or I would be fried or whatever. And I wouldn't be communicating this to the other guys. And I would just be assuming that people knew how I felt or whatever, but people don't, we don't know how each other feel all the time. You know, we can vibe. That's the thing is the vibrations are real, but you can tell if somebody's upset or somebody's happy or whatever, but it's like you need to communicate about it. And we've all really been trying to also communicate communicate the good to each other too. like communicate. Oh my God, you did such a great job on that part or, Oh my God, that show is so beautiful and communicate about the tough things. Oh man, that's that thing you said to me last night really hurt my feelings and we need to talk about it, you know, in a clear way. Um, and, and we're just so blessed, uh, that is five, um, beings, you know, just like we have just this, this peacefulness that we've built, primarily through good communication because it's brutal being on tour. We're so fortunate to be able to make a living playing music. You know, like that's something we also like just wax poetic about all the time. I'm just like, couldn't you believe that we could just, we're doing this. And it's like, we feel so blessed, but also as people have talked about a lot, being on the road is brutal. You know, you're just constantly separated from everybody that you love and the travel and the, uh, you know, just the exhaustion. It's a weird, uh, really strange life. So I feel really blessed to have these these people uh, to share with it with and get through it with. Oh, that's so cool. And it really is, I think, pretty rare to have everyone agree to communicate. And you've been a band for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, 1999, our first record came out. We've been a band yeah. since 1998. Uh, and there's been some member changes in the early years, but this... We've been this band since 2004, so nearly wow. nearly 20 years, yeah. What are the artists that brought you to music and and made you make your life's practice be that? I mean, the first the first artists that ever brought me to music w- would have to be like Jim Henson and Frank Oz and the people who did the Muppet show because I remember being a kid and I remember you know when you're around 3 maybe 3 or 4 this feeling when I saw Kermit the Frog sitting on a log in a swamp strumming this banjo singing this song the rainbow connection and I remembered the feeling so viscerally of like what is this feeling 
you know, like this feeling, this frog is making this feeling and it's so sad and nostalgic somehow, or it's, but it also makes me feel so full of wonder, you know, and, and magic, you know, and I remember, uh, watching the Muppet show all the time as a kid and just the wild range of emotions that they made you feel, you know, they made you feel fun and rock and roll, the electric mayhem and animals ripping the drum sets pieces. And then they did this skit with Jim Croce's time in a bottle that I don't know if you ever saw that skit, but there's this, uh, this Muppet scientist in a laboratory singing. If I could save time in a bottle and he's trying to make these potions and he keeps drinking them and he gets younger and younger and younger. He's like going back through time and this song's playing. And at the end, he like drinks too much and he poofs back to being an old scientist or whatever. But I remember sitting there as a kid, like crying to this song, not even knowing what it meant or anything. But just like that, I feel like that, what they did with the Muppet Show is just so important because I think people treat kids like they're not people or whatever. You know, they feel like they try to dumb it down a lot for kids. And I feel like that's something that the Muppet Show did such a great job of was like showing kids the spectrum of emotion, you know, the spectrum of sadness and heartache and death and and joy and fun, colorful, you know, beautiful things. You know, it's like that's uh, so that's really the first time that I feel like I very early on, like was just like so plugged into like this. What is this thing? I want to know what this thing is. Wow, I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what you mean. Like it made me feel instantly that nostalgia and seeing Kermit on that rock with his banjo singing that song. That song has always been super meaningful to me. Since oh God. Too. Yeah. Wow. Paul, Paul Williams, one of the great, great songwriters of all time. Yep. Our favorite part of the show is when you, this is my favorite part of the show. Uh, when you bring on the artists that we both know and love, to talk with us in this conversation, to join the conversation. And today you're launching Jenny O. How did you come to know Jenny O? Well, I saw Jenny six or seven years ago when I came to LA. I moved, I live between uh, Louisville, Kentucky, where I'm from and LA. I moved to LA like, I don't know, six or seven years ago or something. And I remember coming and going with some friends to see her play. I don't, I don't know. It takes a lot to really hit me. In my heart. And I feel like when I saw her play for the first time, she's got this really wild way of like, like bringing you into like this. I feel like the word trance keeps coming up, but bringing you into like this seemingly uh, innocent trance state and then bam, like sticking a, a sword through your heart. So it's kind of like a, like a, a not in an evil way, but just in this beautiful way where it's like, I just felt this thing when I saw her play and uh, shortly after that, uh, both of our mutual friend, Johnny Fritz, I was making a record with him and he had Jenny come sing uh, with Leslie Stevens and they, so we all recorded together and that was the first time I kind of, uh, you know, met Jenny more. And then as, as time's gone on, I've seen her play so many times now and seen her uh, records evolve through the years. And see one of my favorite things about that really kind of locked her in for me is seeing her by herself whenever she plays just completely solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she really has this true uh, touched magic where there's – because that, that for me is where when you break it down – 
like all the way down to the single element, you know? And it's like, cause I really, she's, she's great. However you see her, but whenever I see her by herself, I'm like, and there's always like this thing. It's like this, this really interesting thing where there's this, this reeling in and then this like destruction of the, of that happens in her songs. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just been like a really beautiful thing to watch her grow as an artist and watch her keep putting out just amazing record after amazing record. Let's have her come in the room. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. Jenny, it's so good to see you and listen to your record. All, I mean, I've been listening to your record. I love it so much. I was looking through your catalog too and going like, you've just been so prolific and just keep putting out great records. And that's what Jim just said right before you got on. It's just like the back to back, just keep putting them out, don't you? And they're Thanks. great. Yeah, I've taken the journey too through the last couple of days, like just going back through all your records and just like, it's amazing too. One of your tricks that I love is like, there's so many songs that I know, but I forgot what the title was because the title isn't what the main hook is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like re- reliving a lot of my favorite moments through through all of your records. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, it's funny. I love how it seems It seems like it that I just keep putting them out, but I feel like there's years between each record. So it's nice that the, it's perceived as a good pace. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it weird? Don't you think it's weird, Jenny? Because as I was thinking about your catalog, there's this wonderful, crazy thing that happens when you've been around long enough that you have a catalog. You know what I mean? It's like this this notion of a catalog. Because we know that like the Beatles or whatever, the Stones or whoever has this catalog, you know, this massive catalog. But it's like yeah. you, you've got this amazing catalog, you know, that will always be there that like speaks yeah. so much. That's got to be a great feeling. It is. It is. You know, sometimes I feel like I could go um, erase some of the oldies, but, you know, it's, <laughs> there. it's good. I don't think, I mean, I think I, 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 I would be honest. With you, I, I really like listen to it all. I didn't, there's not one point where I was like, oh man, I don't think she shouldn't have done this one. You know, I think it all really has speaks and really holds up, you know, really like. I, I I agree, but I also totally understood what you, what you, where you were coming from. Like as an artist, oh, yeah. you're like, oh, I just want to disappear that one song. How can I disappear oh, no, no. that one? <laughs> you know, or something? Yeah. How are you feeling about all the? You've been performing live a lot and touring, and you're touring more upcoming. And has that been fun? What's your favorite part of it? Do you like touring more than studio, or is it equal? Or you know, I definitely like the studio better. Um, kind of always have but i i want to i want to achieve um i want to experience the full uh, um picture of what what live performance i want to be for me but um i i keep doing these solo tours and it's been tough for me because uh yeah it, it it's been rewarding and and good but at the same time reinforces that i don't i don't know that that's um, the best use of my time at present. So, um, it's been cool to go out a little bit that way, but I think I'll be sparsely touring in, in, in the future, but I don't know. They, they come and then I get asked and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I'll do it. And then we do it. But it's been this quest- long question that I'm always exploring. Uh, yeah. but I certainly prefer the studio writing and recording, making that magic. is like, for me, if that's that's the best thing. 
Yeah, and you play a lot of instruments when you're in the studio, right? Or and definitely more than just guitar. You, I think you played bass on the last record, or yeah, is that right? And keyboards, yeah. and that's so fun to be able to multi instrumental it. And you can't really do that as a one man show necessarily. I mean, you could, but it'd be kind of a lot of changing, right? And a lot of right. gear to bring. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a way for me to experiment with more like uh, tracks and building things live. But uh, I would just need to spend time working on that. And you see people doing the like one man band thing where they're like doing a kick drum and then they got the like, you know, different instruments. I don't think that's my route. <laughs> well, Jim just got finished before you came on talking about how powerful he thinks your one man shows are, even though he's seen you in all the other versions and loves that too. Right, Jim? Weren't you saying something to that? Yeah, extent? I mean, that's what I was, that, that's my favorite form of seeing you, you know, because uh, I think it's so powerful, not whatever. I mean, it's all, everything's valid, but for me, that experience when it's like just you takes me to this uh, really like sacred place. That's so, yeah. Just so, so you know that, I mean, cause I know, I know what you mean. Cause I've, there's so many times that I felt like I, I'm trying to play by myself and I can't express all these things that I know are happening in the music, you know, cause you just like, you can't do all these things at once, but there's, I think it's helpful for us all to remind each other as, as performers or whatever that yeah. sometimes that the, all the things that are missing are actually like highlighting what's there, you know, like in this really cool way. Yeah. Thank you so much. I also realize I can hear myself when I'm playing solo and I can actually sing really well. Whereas with the band, I'm eight times out of 10, four times out of five, <laughs> I, uh, I can't uh-huh. hear myself. So then I'm not singing as well as I'd like to be. And all my energy and attention is on just like hearing my voice and I'm not actually getting to be present in all of it. Yep. So that's been something to, that I struggle with too. It's like, which challenge, you know, <laughs> but, but thank you. That's cool. It's also so hard because it's so expensive for everyone you know, it's not like you like, or you have to rotate band members because they've got another gig. Like, have you ever, like, in a long time, had the opportunity to go? This is my band, locked and loaded, and we yeah. are going to rehearse every day from four to seven, and to, you know, yeah, whether we're touring or not, and like grow so that we can listen to each other and know the volumes are right, and and that's yeah. the thing is like we're all so pressed for time, and there's money involved, and like trying to figure out how to do stuff. It makes it so hard to get like hear what you hear in your head for yourself live when you play live right yeah I've really never been in that place where I had the same band that just knew the parts uh there's been a couple times where I had most of a lineup for a little bit or like one tour and we actually by the end of the tour had a thing going on and then managed to have no video no evidence of it (laughs) like it did happen once (laughs) and then you know the next tour it's like someone someone's in a different band and I just you to start over but uh yeah that's that's a tough part of it too always like relearning the parts reteaching the, the harmonies and never quite hitting the stride and the that because there is that thing when you're in by repetition then when you finally have all the parts established then you can transcend and like be making magic and improvising and get it and like going into newer realms I, I love that and I I feel like it's been a while since I've been able to achieve that because it's mostly just like, oh, so, so you, you know, what's, who's playing what part kind of thing. Right. 
I know Canada has some good programs on how to actually pay musicians. You know, they, you can get grants and then you can park it with some people and just play. Um, it's either that or you have to have a pile of money. Those are like the two, you know, it's like either so, because you have to be able to pay people so they don't take other gigs. And then it's this, yeah. or you have to commit and split everything. And then you have to figure out how that works. I mean, it's, it's definitely not easy to choose music. <laughs> But it's not really like we choose it. It's like it chooses us. Like, how do you say no to music when you're just like, this is what I have to do? I love when artists are like, I quit music. It's like, you can't <laughs> stop making music. If you, even if you have no money or you have no way to promote it or you have no band or you're going to make music. So I wish that there were more programs that helped with that more grants, you know, here in the United States that made it so it wasn't such a slog to just do what you were here to, meant to do. Yeah, it certainly seems more prevalent in some other countries to find stuff like that. In the US, it's it's pretty tough. Yeah, how do we get that going? How do we get right? that? Because uh, that, yeah, I've, I've talked to so many other artists around the world or whatever that speak of those kind of things, like having a grant to make their record or to go on tour or whatever. It's yeah. just like, how do we, I mean, obviously there's so many, so many problems in the world that we're right. trying to face, but it's like, you know, that, that is a realistic one because music sustains us all, you know, it's Thank like the more, because Jenny's music is vital life giving music. You know, there's yep. like a sacred, the, the sacred comes through and that's what I think we, we don't forget it, but I think a lot of people in the world forget that like music is the invisible architecture that holds up the entire universe, you know, yes. without, without music. The, inter- the universe would crumble. The buildings would fall to the ground. Everyone would die. You know, and I don't think people realize that that fundamental truth. You know, if you took it away, there would be no life. You know, and that's like one thing, Jenny, that really always strikes me is like your work ethic, like how you work so much at what you're doing. And I always like wonder, like, if you have advice to other artists that are out there, like. Because I'm always so impressed how you keep the sacred flowing. You're always keeping the sacred flowing. Like every record you make, how do you balance that for yourself? Because we've talked about like Alice Coltrane or, you know, people that we admire that are like, you know, definitely like zoomed in to the sacred, you know, to like as far as you can go. Like, and I feel like you find that. How do you find that and also find the time to work, you know, and do all the things that an artist has to do nowadays of social media and, you know, putting together the album artwork and, you know, the whole thing. Uh, I was just curious, like, if you, if you felt like waxing about that or, or letting people know like how they could do it or. Yeah. I mean, I think, for, well, I think you definitely do that too. Cause I think you're always just singing about really sacred subjects as well. Um, it's like at some point, uh, it, it just became obvious to me that, um, in order to do, like I had, I have this instrument, I do this thing, but to make sure it's, it's benefiting others. And I know that music of all kinds benefits other people. Like, you know, you could be singing about your cup of coffee or something, and then if people are inspired about it or your breakup or whatever, but I guess it's more just like, you like, how can I facilitate other people's healing, right? How can I use my own processing of life's events to um, facilitate other people um, just going toward the light and not toward the darkness? And um, and so 
that's what's been my what's been leading it for many many years I mean that's it it just leads with that I just like always try to bring it into the light just always trying to like how can I what words am I putting out there what spells am I casting like how can this be the most um the most helpful um and if it doesn't feel that helpful like I just I it's like there's so much suffering there's so much going on that was many problems we're trying to solve I'm just sort of like I, I don't want to be part of noise um and so I just that's kind of been a, a focus of mine but as far as how I balance it with like all the emails and all the things I need to do I I, I don't know I I can get really um overwhelmed and distracted by all the administrative stuff or like the artwork or the you know the vinyl template or like <laughs> whatever things I need to do I'll get carried away and sometimes entire days feel ruined because I'm like well I went too long in the in the in the emails and now I can't create anything um so tomorrow's another day but tomorrow I'll be like 45 minutes on the emails and then you're done you gotta like keep that stuff to a minimum because at some point the brain is like too um extracurricular or maybe it's the other way around but um yeah just making sure that every day has some is like devoted in service to the magic um, except for a certain window of time. I guess that's my that's my approach to it. And then it's like it it has to be done. Like you said, Rain, it's like whether or not I have any money or whatever, it it's gotta get done. And then, you know, occasionally I have to do stuff for money that I didn't want to do. And that's been my priority in my life. To me, it if I were to just put one word for it, it would be intention. Like you set in and Tension, you know, that you, you, just to help. Like you want your music to be something that if you're going to, if it's going to help you to release this out of you, then you hope it helps others. Like that setting, even this, that one intention. The human experience feels so universal once you start breaking down like which things we are mired with and suffer over. It's like, it's all the same things. We're all, you know, maybe at different points in our lives, but it's like, um, I don't know. I just feel so devoted to the universal and like the ways we are all the same. Yeah. We definitely need to focus on that. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And joy, you know, which I think is really cool. And watching your social media, I, that's the experience I get from, from it. Jenny is joy, even though you're talking about really heavy things. And I know that you're, you know, like all of us and and I think everyone who um is has a a mind to think with is concerned about the environment and where we're headed in terms of global warming and all of that. I know that that it occupies your mind a lot and that it's been you know stressful just to like what can I do what can we do and but watching your Instagram even while you're parlaying these really heavy subjects like that, there is a joy that is magnetizing, and I think that that brings people to want to hear what you have to say about it. They're not turned off by it because you have this like childlike joy. That's really infectious. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it may as well be fun, right? It may as well be (laughs) hilarious. It may as well make us dance and uh, figure out how to get through. Cause I, I think someone described once to me that there's only one way down the water slide and you can go kicking and screaming and clawing at the, the sides of it, or you can just <laughs> let yourself go on down this water slide. So I'm just, <laughs> or try to go down with no water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I've done that a lot. <laughs> like, Got to turn the water on. 
<laughs> um, you have any uh, curiosities about Jim since you guys are on this conversation together? Anything you want to ask him about his music or him? I'm just offering it up because I'm like, you guys are trapped here in the vortex of Zoom. God, I wish I had prepared a question for Jim. I, um, it's so funny. I so get so confused by the by interviews because I'm like, okay, the the way that you conduct yourself in a real conversation is that you you want to make sure you ask questions. <laughs> then an interview is different, and so I didn't prepare questions, but I do have questions for Jim. A million questions for Jim. And what? Because uh, I love your music, and I feel the same way about your music and the things that Jim's always singing about love and singing about peace and trying to benefit others with his music. What brings you the most joy? Uh, writing in, in the studio, performing your songs? I'll ask that question. God, you know, it just depends on the, upon the day. I'm such a sensitive person that I get easily swept into depression or uh or happiness or joy or whatever, you know, and I can be playing the most exciting gig that I'm all, you know, supposed to be all stoked about, but my heart's broken or I'm so lonely and I'm so depressed, you know, and I can't even think about it. You know, it's like vice versa in the studio. It's like there's some days I'll walk by the studio and look at it and the door's closed and I'm like, will I ever write another song again? Like, will I ever make anything that matters that it does any more good for the world? And then the next day the studio is open and I can't even stop working and I'm so like sucked into the flow. And I'm just like, because you know this as a creator, the universe is speaking through us. You know, like we're, we're lucky enough for some reason that God or the universe or whatever is wanting to say things through us. And it's not always in our control, you know, and it's like 70% inspiration and then 30% perspiration or whatever, where you gotta, you gotta get the inspiration, but then you also have to do the work. You gotta sit down and really do the work. So I don't know. I just try to make as much room to be open to the, uh, the spirit. If the spirit feels active on a certain day, but even that is tough. Cause, and I try to let spirit know that I respect it. And anytime spirit gives me an idea I voice memo it. I get a lot of ideas and dreams or at inopportune times at a restaurant or whatever, you know, and I really try to make sure the spirit knows like, even if I'm too busy at this moment or, I, or I'm too depressed or whatever, I'll get back to you later. So I'll, I'll sing it into a voice memo or whatever, and then I'll go try and find it later. And also I've been trying to do a thing. I don't know if you do this too, but I've been trying to uh, just play. Like I have this thing where I try to make a contract, not a contract, but like, I was like, all right, universe, it's just you and me tonight. I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to turn off all the lights, and I'm just going to play guitar, and I'm just going to enjoy it, and I'm not going to, like, we've got a deal here. We've got a handshake deal. I'm not going to turn any of the things that happen into songs. I'm not going to, like, try and turn this stuff into a song that's going to be really awesome or whatever. I'm just like, just play, you know, and and let it flow on down the river or whatever, you know, because that's the thing is, like, the source is infinite. <laughs> you know, it's like the God, the universe is just infinite. You know, and, and those, you know, I think music is in everybody's heart. And I think everybody, every person on the face of the earth is a beautiful singer. And every person has a song in their heart. But for whatever reason, some of us are more tuned, whatever, in this lifetime, just to be able to capture the song and then represent it or whatever in human form. Such a strange journey. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So beautifully said. Thanks for your time, both of you, and for your art. I really uh, feel lucky to have spent a few special minutes with you. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields.